0: Actions responses to trafficking the podcast that shines a spotlight on new and established trafficking responses in the uk and beyond hi and welcome back to actions the responses to trafficking podcast i'm catherine baldacchino and this is a podcast where i speak to people who are working in different ways to respond to trafficking in order to help share their work with other people who are also working in the field Today, I'm delighted to share the conversation that I had with Maria Lozano from Survivor Alliance. We spoke in June 2021 about her work on the Survivor's LEAD project. She offers loads of insight to the importance of engaging with survivors in every stage of development and delivery of programs and policy. I didn't manage to release this podcast in 2021, but the LEAD project is such a valuable initiative I wanted to be sure that you got the chance to hear about it. Lead has now evolved into the Leadership Academy, which is a longer program focused on seasoned leaders. Survivor Alliance applied for funding for Lead 2023, keeping the original structure, but also focusing this time on strengthening the virtual platform. You can read more information about the Survivor Alliance Leadership Academy and the employability programs on their website. It's also worth mentioning that on the 13th of December, 2022, Survivor Alliance released their World Congress report. The Congress, it ran in July 2021, and Maria talks about this in this podcast. So thanks for downloading the episode, and I hope you enjoy hearing about their amazing work. And get in touch with any feedback or further questions via at Actions Podcast on Twitter. And please make sure you subscribe on your podcast app and on YouTube. So today I'm joined by Maria Lozano. Maria is the leadership and training director at Survivor Alliance, is based in Nottingham and has worked with the Free University of Nottingham initiative. I'm delighted to have the chance today to understand more about what Survivor Alliance does and specifically one of their really many important initiatives, the Survivor LEAD program. Welcome Maria, thanks for joining me today.
1: Thank you for having me, thank you.
0: It's great to see you. Um, Maybe we can start first by trying to understand more about what your role is. Can you tell us more about what a leadership and training director does?
1: Yes, of course. Basically, my role at the moment is to oversee all the training uh, uh, that we are promoting among survival leaders. So um, based on previous experience and in the Survivor Alliance, we have been um, develop a curriculum, a set of skills that we think that are very important for our survivors leader to, to develop or harness in the case. Some of these skills, they, they are already there, but there is another ones that we want to be sure that are there to provide more a wider context to the work that uh, uh, our members uh, do.
0: Excellent, thank you. And what is it that motivates you about this field and about your job in particular?
1: Um, mm, my main motivation has been always uh, social justice. So my work in Survivor Alliance in linked and my deep uh, call for for social justice. And, um, and I'm very grateful because it's allowed me to put an international lens to the problem. And, uh, and uh, in, in terms of my, my background, uh, I, I am a primary teacher. So to work in training is kind of like, I've been the natural evolution from working in a school and feel a bit trapped in the school institutional institution. And, and then move uh, to, to where, uh, spaces where my work can have more impact. And, and so, since I came to the UK and I kind of learned a, a little bit more a second language and I gained this new space and yeah, so this is more or less the, the way that I, I see my, the links from my background and, and what I'm doing at the moment.
0: That's so great. And the more I learn about Survivor Alliance, the more inspired I feel about the work that you do. So I can see how that's um, really motivated you as you've um, continued in this role. Um, So focusing on Survivor Alliance, it's a global organization and it's been in the UK since 2018. Can you tell us more about what the organization does?
1: Yes, I mean, the, the, the organization uh, started as a need of survivors leaders to uh, have a voice in the anti-slavery movement, anti-trafficking movement. So, uh, because there was this feeling that there was too many things around in the anti-slavery movement or anti-trafficking movement, but uh, there was very little uh, survivors input or voices in this movement. So uh, inspired by the disabled uh, disability rights movement in the US, where uh, the, the the motivation was okay, we want to be part of the change and the policies that we that they are related to us, is what motivates the survivor alliance. And since then we have been building this network and promoting survivors leadership to to find uh, or to kind of get together with with survivors that feel a call to make a change in policy and research and in uh, in and in survivors um, interventions. So yes, this is it's like the work that we do and and the the work uh, have been we slowly growing as organization. We are very young. So when I started, we were just three people, and now we are about six staff, and we are hiring someone else as well. So uh, our work has been, you know, growing and growing. We have been uh, increased or some of the 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 don donors that we got or program. The at the beginning, you know, my the leadership role. Uh, uh, role or training role was is smaller. We were focused more in, in increase on membership, but now we realize that we need to do all this kind of training and upskill uh, members. And yes, it's, it's basically is is promote uh, leadership for to develop and create more accurate uh, interventions for survivors of human trafficking and modern slavery.
0: That's excellent. And it's so timely. Um, it's really starting to become more acknowledged in the sector, especially in the UK, that there is a real lack of survivor voices informing policy in the way that programs are designed and delivered. And obviously, as you've said, everything that Survivor Alliance does is, a, is focused on addressing this gap and trying to make sure that, that there is the opportunity for survivors to input. Are you starting to see a change in? the uk in the policy context of opportunities for survivors to be involved meaningfully
1: i mean we i i think it's a very a slow piece of change but i can see a, a growing interest to have uh, more survivors informed so informing solutions and um, and uh, for example, at the moment we, we invite um, in the program lead that I'm going to talk later on. We invite uh, in, in organizations to host the placement, and we have about 16 or 15 organize, 16, 15 organizations interested to, to to host the placement with the idea of to you know give the first step into be a survivor informed uh, organization and and in the same kind of line we uh, have been in high demand of what we call allies training so this is another way that we can see that we we are uh, there is a bit of change there things are changing but still there is a lot a lot of uh, assumptions that are are very in the core of the, the that in the sector so it's difficult sometimes to go in, in in these assumptions because they sometimes they are taken for granted yeah you know, it's basically like a, a baseline of assumption that uh, is something is even difficult to to look into to because you need to be self kind of self-aware aware as an institution in terms of even the the internal policies or safeguarding, or you know, that need to be looked at, or you know, or have the willingness to review. So it's a slow, but uh, we we are. I think we are moving toward a, a, a better a, a better scenario, if you want, and learning a lot of from from some of the experience in the U.S. as well. Mm-hmm. So. I think yes. We there the is a slow movement, but it's quite positive and it keeps us very busy, <laughs> as we are. So yeah,
0: exactly. I can see that you have a, a huge demand at the moment for your services. Um, you mentioned the US. Is the US a little bit further ahead in terms of survivor engagement?
1: Yeah, I I will say. I mean, I. I'm mean, not a very. Uh, I'm not com- fully aware, but my perception is that there are uh, some aspects where in the US, in some states, because we can't really talk about the whole thing, um, that they, they are they are slightly ahead. It's more experienced to be, uh, you know, in terms of to have spaces, survivor-informed spaces, mm. or, or 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 to provide a uh, safe. Spaces for survivors to inform about policies or, or opportunities for uh, training, development in higher education, especially because the immigration law is different than in UK. In the UK, right. still, you know, the law, the the regulation in terms of immigration is very, very, I will say, hostile for um, uh, survivors, human trafficking and modern slavery that are non-UK nationals.
0: Mm. And that makes it obviously a lot harder for people to engage.
1: It's very hard, yeah, very hard. So It's hard to find opportunities to move forward, you mm. know, so, or, or, or be part of a, a solution because if you don't have the right to work or you don't have your passport or you don't have your papers, it's very difficult to be involved in an organisation or, or do any consultancy work or anything like that.
0: So that's a really interesting point. That, in your experience, obviously people need to have a certain base level of needs met, which would then enable them to more meaningfully engage in processes and and get you know work experiences and things like that.
1: Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. I think it, one of the the main challenges. Challenge for us at the moment in the in the program that I'm running is the instability that uh, survivors in the UK are, are have they have you know like in terms of the you know uncertainty in terms of, of the housing or you know these kind of things especially non no non nationals you know because it's different for for the one the other ones but yeah. Uh, Ideally, I mean, ideally, obviously, if you have stability in your life, your your basic needs are sorted, you are able actually to think ahead. But if you're not, it's very difficult, especially when there are families that have been uh, separated and these kind of things. It's very difficult. But still, I think we have a very resilient, a group of people working with us and committed and determined to make change.
0: So Maria, just on that, could you tell us more about the first World Congress that's happening in July?
1: Yes, of course. Um, when it, we are very excited with, with the World Congress is um, we have been waiting like so long. We, we thought it would be last year and then all the COVID and now, and now we thought it's April, and then it's now in July. And and so, and we decided to do it online, online because it was the safest way to have it. And we are, we are really excited. The, the idea of the, the World Congress is to create a, a space where uh, survivors can exchange ideas and uh, to some extent uh, discuss where what they dream for the next 10 years in the anti-slavery movement and what is the contribution that survivors want to do to the movement. So um, uh, we are very excited is coming. Uh, we have 200 people with us. The first three days, I think as just survivors. And then the following two days is with uh, the uh, for allies as well. And we are having all different um, talks about uh, survivors, uh, leadership, uh, empowerment, storytelling, ethical storytelling. Um, We we have at the moment people from 25 countries in the network. Uh, I'm not sure if they all will be represented on the World Congress, but I'm sure at least 10 will be there. We are having a simultaneous translation into five languages, so it's a huge thing. And yes, we are we are having a talent show, and and I think it will be it is make a kind of a stone baseline for for the future for the next congress and. And what we want to work together for for the next ten years, uh, because we we believe and we're we sure the problem of uh, human trafficking and modern slavery is something that is global. It can be, uh, you know, it can can be done just in one country. Need to be something global. And I think in that that sense, COVID kind of helped to to. Th- to look into things in a globally in, in a more globally way, and thinking yeah. like, okay, we do need uh, you know, perhaps a national world health service, or I don't know, or or a minimum global salar- uh, salary, you know, something like glo- something that make sure that everyone in our planet have the basics to live in a decent way. With dignity. What an exciting initiative. Well done.
0: Um, But yeah, I can imagine it's such a huge project and a huge activity to be working on, but already sounds like it's going to be such a success, like so many people engaged, so many countries um, and an incredible goal of having like, you know, what do people want to see in the next 10 years? And and that can be a real kind of um, marker for to guide organizations that are all working on anti slavery and, and trafficking
1: yeah, yeah, definitely, we, we we believe it's going to be a very interesting conversation in exchange of ideas with allies and, and and see how we can work all together to uh, stop the or to improve the policies and intervention in the anti slavery sector.
0: Brilliant. Good luck. Sounds excellent. I'm looking forward to hearing more about it and definitely supporting. Uh, in any way possible. That's great. Um, Marie, you also mentioned the high demand on your services um, of Survivor Alliance. You mentioned the allyship training and the other things that you offer. Um, How can organizations engage with Survivor Alliance to benefit from Survivor Alliance's expertise? I
1: think the best thing is to to be, take part in our uh, uh, allyship uh, trainings. and the, in, in the, those sessions uh, you you will get the basis of uh, survivor meaningful inclusion and the basic of or, or model what we promote that have three main access that we call well-being, transparency and power sharing. So, <clears throat> um, in the in those training, you can really get a sense of what we are talking about and what are our suggestions and and how una, an organization can um, uh, start to incorporate inclusive practice in their in in, in their work. And this is will be the the the, the, me, the most meaningful thing because the the early training will lead you to to. Um, to be ready to perhaps in the future hiring a survivor, or you know, we at the moment we have a, a, a program called Employment Pathway where we are testing uh, an employability employability for survivors, and, and we are developing a model for that with all the considerations in terms of how what what kind of adjustment the organisation needs to do um, to be more inclusive, to be survivor informed and you know to perhaps to keep an eye on a website will be a good idea. And then perhaps if if your organization is ready and you have the institutional willingness to 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 to, to make a change, it will be yes to go straight to an ally allyship training. And and yes and of course like the invitation is always to to discuss with us if you would like to develop an intervention in terms of uh, for survivors of human trafficking and modern slavery is to come and talk to us because uh, the, usually the the mistake is that people come to us to when are they, the last stage of the program or project that they are working on, whether our invitation is to why we don't sit together and see how survivors can be included in a different stage of the project. So then we be sure that the, the, the whole thing is meaning is uh, promoting meaningful inclusion, economic empowerment and, and well-being.
0: I'm so glad you mentioned that because I was going to ask you about what what you know how people should be understanding meaningful engagement of survivors. and, and I'm so glad that you mentioned that it, it is about involvement from the very beginning and from the very you know initial design uh, not just at the end to check that the project you know meets certain criteria but you know should be embedded throughout
1: yeah i will say our or golden allies uh, are people that already invest in in this in, in the whole process so we actually sit in a table to in the whole thing and see where will be the the point that you will need uh, to be to have a, a you know kind of consultation to be sur- uh, survivor informed or if you actually want to work one-to-one or, or with a team of survivors informing what you are doing you know so um and we have done a nice progress in in that so i'm i'm, I'm kind of pleased and confident that uh, it will be great if 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 we get more organizations at, at the at the beginning at, at the kind of the brainstorming stage of of a project it will be very, so much easier for everyone and uh, more rewarding as well because you you for for any survivor involved you can see where have been uh, the ideas have been put in place and consider you know i have wonderful experience with uh, a few organizations and on that and, uh, and we keep working with them because develop a relationships
0: Mm, and it leads to more effective programs because they're designed with survivors at the very center of it. So it just makes so much sense on, on all accounts. Absolutely agree with you.
1: Yeah, definitely. The, the, the solution are far more accurate.
0: Mm, yeah. Um, and so for this discussion, we're specifically focusing on one of the projects, which is the Survivor LEAD project, and LEAD stands for LEAD, Engage, Advocacy and Development. Can you tell us more about the evolution of this incredible program?
1: Okay, yeah, we are very proud of our program, Survivor's LEAD, and this program is um It's like a summary or a synthesis of a previous experience on Survivor Alliance. We have a program in the U.S. and the U.K. called Capacity Building Initiative. And from there, we in the U.K., we evolved to a training in isolation. It was happened just last year during the the lockdown. And from from those experiences, we built this curriculum uh, with survivors by them. And, uh, and we developed this uh, whole program that uh, has uh, three main stages. We already have at, at the end of the first one that is basically the first module on survivors' leadership. So it's a module that we define like mandatory for everyone in the program and, um, a, and review the basis of survivor leadership, uh, awareness in terms of how we uh, survivors can manage their uh, mental health and well being, uh, about um, collective movement building, uh, intersectional lens of oppression, but that is very important for us. We talk about sexism, uh, cla- uh, classism, and uh, um, uh, yes, so this kind of thing and then we have been yes working in professional skills as well you know like the the skills that you need for any for run a program or for the community building and the idea is after this uh, now we are at the end of this model like participants decide uh, in terms of what are they, the motivations and inclination into four key areas these four key areas uh, are uh, research and research practice, uh, community building and peer mentoring, uh, trauma-informed direct services, and policy advocacy. And the idea is the next stage, everyone go uh, in groups to work in a module on each of these areas. And at the end of this, uh, we are uh, planning to have a, 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 Every student do a capstone project, or does a capstone project or a placement in an any organization in the anti-slavery movement. We think that with this, we would like the student to put in to apply to apply the skills that have developed during this year, and and we hope it's going to work well. We we are not sure yet. We are reviewing the application of the. Uh, the organizations that are willing to host a placement and on the other on the other side we are uh, uh, reviewing uh, our participants who is uh, what are the interest and wh- what level of uh, professional skill they have or where they where are the weaknesses and the strengths and where we can support them and uh, yes and we hope that by the end of the year we will have a a court of survivor leaders ready to, to engage uh, in ma- more initiatives and interventions informing uh, survivors' initiatives. And survivors, yes, survivor initiatives and solutions. So yeah, very exciting. And uh, we got a, a grant for that. So we provide to our student laptops, uh, uh, uh support for internet data uh, and smaller scholarships as well and um, and uh, hopefully uh, increase everyone network we have 35 students from six countries which is, we have uh, um, about 18 people from the UK, then and we have uh, people from US, Kenya, Nigeria, Bangladesh. And uh, Congo. So it is very, very exciting.
0: And again, it's quite wide spanning. so it's not only people who happen to be in the UK, but you're also including people in other countries, survivors who are in other countries currently as well.
1: Yeah, definitely people in other countries. so it's quite interesting, it's very multicultural <clears throat> and having hard because, it's, on, it's online and it's not the same that being face-to-face and, you know, and, and, and these kind of, we, we recognize that this need of like to being in a break together, having a cup of coffee, you know, we, we love to have that. Yeah. So uh, the, the time it become very short, you know, like we have two hours and basically you have 35 people speak two minutes. You have already the time almost one. So yeah, it has been hard, but I mean, a huge learning is a pilot project. And we are planning to be the basis of something that we dream at the Survivor Alliance Academy. So this is where we are looking into. Still, we are in the process of planning and developing the idea of Survivor Alliance Academy and also looking into what we are going to do next year with this court of students. If they will be like survivors lead, to or, or or they will naturally go into a different um, um, institution because we know some of our members are really uh, keen on move into higher education as well. So it's another aspect that we are exploring in terms of uh, where they can go, who, who can provide scholarships, who can who what institutions in higher education are willing and able to uh, to have our students, some of our students, not all of them, in, in into their organizations.
0: And is the current focus on um, experience and exposure in organizations that are kind of anti-trafficking organizations or modern slavery response organizations, or, or could people get experience in a range of different roles, in a range of different types of organizations?
1: No. Um, at the moment, we are looking into just the anti-slavery movement. So, hopefully, NGOs and agencies working in the anti-trafficking, anti-slavery sector. And, um, but saying that is this year, you know, but I I wouldn't say no to move to other uh, sectors or or industry. I think uh, uh, part of the employability model that the Employment Pathway uh, pathway Project is, is we built a model that, actually could be be replicated in in other organizations, perhaps outside of the anti-slavery sector.
0: Excellent. Yeah, and that makes sense to to think of multiple year approaches and and this year is just focusing on on the slavery movement and and potential to replicate wider. has there been any impact on your plans because of COVID and lockdown, and any sort of adaptations or changes you've had to make?
1: Yes, I have been like a, there is like a, the negative aspect will be like that we can be together in a room and have this what. You know, the, last year we, we planned a weekend in a, in a college in, in Yorkshire and, and we have to cancel. And it was a dream because we had been from, from Friday to Sunday together mm. learning, you know, and we canceled that. So it's, this is still a dream, but on the, and it's still a dream. And, and everyone wants to be face to face and, you know, considering that people is, is some uh, around the world, but at least the ones that are in the UK. But on the positive side, he, he, the the lockdown pushed us to concentrate more in develop or or remote learning, if you want. So we we uh, got a software to work online. We increase. We get a few more Zoom accounts, and um, you know, and we pushed push our members to, you know, to work with Google Drive and being familiar with the online resources. So I have been like positives and negatives, if you want, Mm. you know. And at the same time, we're still dreaming to perhaps have a a graduation at the end of the year. If we have, you know, the facilities and and the resources, at least with the locals, we will, even with the local we'll be 18 people graduating, so we'll be quite... exciting and and you can imagine the ones that I abroad can join through video call, I don't know, mm. and yeah, yeah, so definitely we have to, we have adapt, uh, we have adapted a few things, but at the same time have been pushing us to do something that we knew we have to do, because uh, to be international, we need to have more kind of online resources for, for, for members for the network.
0: Yeah. And I guess the fact that you have people in so many different countries now is probably enabled by the fact that lockdown happened and you had to become virtual and everything had to be online. So um, I can see what you mean about there's also some plus sides to this as well. Yeah. Um, what some of the um, the results or I, I hesitate to use the word impact because that's so much of a longer term thing but what are, what are some of the um the positives that are coming out of the program so far
1: um but positives uh from me uh have been the le- the level of engagement of the participant uh, people having um made very committed very uh, responsible very responsive to the program um but we, we we still have the, the last se- session tomorrow and we will send the feedback form away to see how we are doing but uh, i think people have uh, really appreciate this safe space where we can share deep feelings about uh, what we want to be different and and yes and and also give us a, give us hope that we can really make an impact in the anti-slavery movement you know like uh, feeling to, to some extent start to fill in this gap you know and yeah. people uh, uh, every, uh, I think uh, every session become be, is, is, is becoming more aware. Uh, what we mean by this gap and where they f- they fit in that gap. Mm. I think it's uh, been very very interesting. And also uh, people that have been very shy at the beginning and slowly you can hear it growing in confidence. And 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 we tend to think that because the person is shy or or perhaps is not clever, but actually we realized that uh, with a Within a safe environment and with a little bit of bo- boosting the confidence, people can really, really uh, bring brilliant ideas out and 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 being uh, incredible, uh, uh, creative and uh, and supportive and 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 you know brilliant students. Yeah.
0: Excellent. sounds like a great program to be part of. Um, and how? can people sign up to participate in survivors leads and can they be based anywhere in the UK around the world? Or is it, is it quite location specific?
1: Um, it's not any location. The invitation will be to visit our website, but um, to be honest, we, we, it's not, we haven't opened any call now. We are just dealing with our current cohort of students. And I think uh, we, it's more likely that around September, after September uh, this year, we may starting to, you know, find out, see, um, or inviting for people to join, and and you know, but it's still, it's not early days because we are in June, but uh, we are still so busy with the current program, so it, now technically nobody can join. Uh, but if you are interested don't hesitate to go into webs- our website contact me when we have an email survivorslead at survivoralliance.com. so send an email and say that you are interested and we will, will create you know the if you want the list of of people that um, is already interested we have a few and we, we, we have to turn some people out uh, off because we couldn't do more, so yes. And uh, th- this will be the, the way, I will say, through our web, website. And keep an eye on, on it and if you survivors, sign in to Survivor Alliance and then you will get the newsletter and the newsletter will, <clears throat> will give you the information when the applications are open or the about the continuity of the program and all this stuff. And the same for allies, you know, you can go into our website and sign in the web in, um, in for the allies newsletter. And you will keep on, on, on the loop of what we are doing and the invitations to collaborate and work together.
0: Great. So I was going to ask about how other organizations can show support for the program. And if they're thinking about maybe offering a placement or some other kind of support you mentioned, um providing laptops to everybody so if there's if there's ways for people to support how so you're suggesting to get in touch via the email address
1: yeah survivors lead survivors lead at survivoralliance.com and uh, yes and if he, if anybody interested in in host a placement in just try to reach out uh, soon because the time is running super fast and uh, and and uh, we know it's going to be challenging to match the placement with the students too to have the right match there so yes. Yeah.
0: Thank you Maria. Unfortunately we've run out of time but I of course would very much love to continue this conversation um, once um, once the program has continued to evolve and, and maybe after the congress as well to hear about the incredible results. The congress is going to be at the end of July if I'm not mistaken uh, so it would be great to hear more uh, of the results of that as well and reconnect with you then.
1: Yes, of course, I, I would love to be to to come back and, and and talk a little bit about what happened and how these things evolve. And yes, of course. Thank you. Thank you so much, Catherine.
0: Brilliant. No, no problem at all. Thank you so much for your time. Um, and you've given some of the contact details already. Um, are there other ways that people can find out more information about the work of
1: Survivor Alliance? I think the best way is our website. We keep it quite updated and and you will find all the information there. And if if not, or you want to reach out, it's just info at survivoralliance.com. And we are all the time reviewing these emails well. So yes, yes. On Twitter perhaps. And yeah, I think. I am not a Twitter person, sorry, but <laughs> I we have a Twitter yeah
0: you're quite active on twitter that's great excellent so thanks again for your time maria um, really appreciate it and it's been so fascinating to understand more about this really important uh, and trailblazing initiative um, that's just so valuable and so well timed so thank you uh, thank you also to the listeners for tuning in until the next one goodbye you've been listening to actions responses to trafficking podcast music used in this episode is inspiration written by Rayful Crux and sourced from freepd.com. Actions is produced and presented by Catherine Baldachina.